0: It really is important to take the time to miss your family. Because you do, you get so caught up in day-to-day life and especially like working from home and all that stuff, like you don't have any separation. Mm -hmm. Just being able to get away and like really miss hearing your kids' voices and stuff and like being able to FaceTime them. You can't wait to see them. It's like as hard as it is, it's really refreshing.
1: Help Me See is a podcast that redefines the word vision through vulnerable and real conversations, my own private introspective ramblings about the things that I think about in the wee hours of the morning, and my deep core belief that your nothingness is your everything and all you have to do is see. I'm Bianca Mora. I'm your host. I am an educator, a photographic artist, and I believe that your daily photo habit can be the key to unlocking the ability to be more present in your everyday life and live deeper into your intention and purpose. We're not about the small talk here. Grab your coffee, get cozy, and let's talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Help Me See. I am on my way to go pick up my son from daycare. I am back home. I, for the last two weeks, had been away on a work trip. And this episode is (laughs) a different one. It's basically me and my partner, my baby daddy, talking about what the two weeks were like and how he fared with the kids. Um, a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, it's just your, your, you know, husband. I mean, we're not married technically, but, um, it's just your husband at home with the kids. Like, Yeah. Just like it would have been just me if he had the work trip home with the kids. And, um, I had been at home with the kids for, for a good handful of different trips that he's taken with his buddies. The the longest one being five days. So this by far was, I mean, this was two weeks. It was like 12 days or whatever it was. And, um, we just talk about it and I thought, why did I think it'd be good to do this? I don't really know. I felt like It was very interesting to me how horrible I felt while I was away and not horrible in the way of, I mean, of course I definitely missed them. I did. I ached. I did miss them, but my anxiety and the way I felt it was more about me. It was more about whatever emotional withdrawal withdrawal I was feeling from Being that far away, I guess, from my home base. I guess I don't even know. I'm still working through it. Um, like when I say I, I, struggled. I, I was vomiting, like with panic attacks, and my legs were shaking. The last time my legs shook like that, I was giving birth, or it was after I gave birth to a human. So, uh, um, it's just interesting. You know, I went so long without taking a trip anywhere, right? I mean, at least a few years without being away from my family and just the home base. And I think that we can get caught in this circle of, well, if I only had this, then I would that. If I only had space and time, I could X, Y, Z. But then when you do get that space and time or you achieve the thing that you wanted and you haven't really looked at what's under the hood (laughs) of your life, of yourself, of, you know, what's really going on, I think it can be very disorienting. It might not be all rainbows and strawberries. (laughs) Whatever the hell that means. But, you know, that being said... I felt like I had been looking under the hood for a long time. And I think that that's what caught me off guard the most is that it was really humbling to understand just how much there is to discover about yourself and learn from new experiences. Because you can try to predict all you want, how something will make you feel. And we make a lot of assumptions about that. But until you're living it, it's totally different. It's just totally different. It's all make-believe until you're actually in it. So it was really valuable. I'm really glad for the experience and the opportunity. And I feel like it'll be happening again at some point. I don't know that. I'll do two weeks because that really was a lot. It was a long time to be away from the family, but I'm grateful for the experience. I think it opened my eyes to the more nuanced ways that I haven't been taking full advantage of my life. You know, for so long I thought oh, if I just didn't have a 9 to 5 I would have all of this energy to put into my own personal business and I do but I could be doing so much more with that time if I wasn't weighing myself down with with a way of Doing things that is just the way I've always done them in in this manner. Does that make sense? Like, drop my kid off. I take a walk if the weather's good. Then I go to the studio and work. Then I go home. I feed my baby lunch. Then I do some more work in the basement. so I go pick him up. It's like. I could go anywhere and do anything. Why aren't I going to art galleries and museums to like feed my soul, you know? Like this morning it was raining and I took myself to a cafe to work to do some some journaling and stuff that I wanted to get done and it was really nice. So here you're looking for a a sign, let this be your sign or your reminder that you are the CEO of your life. And when you get caught in just habitual places and spaces and mindsets, you're really the only one that has the power to change it. And I think that going to going through such a, a shake up from my norm is exactly what I needed to kick my ass into a higher level of ownership over how I spend my time and where I spend my time. And just because I love my work doesn't mean that it's the best thing to be engulfed in it every spare moment of the day. Does this resonate? Do you need to expand your your daily routine you know I am. I'm actually, I don't know if this is anything of interest to you, but I just read the book by Hal Elrod. Oh gosh, I'm not portraying that name. I'll put the link in the show notes called The Miracle Morning. And I'm going to start trying to do that. I'm going to start a routine where I have time and space. So enjoy this oddball episode of Me and my partner of 13 years, or whatever it's been at this point, uh, folding laundry and discussing the experience of me leaving them for two weeks. (laughs) Spoiler alert, they did better than I thought they would. (laughs) It'll be the fakest part of this podcast that I've ever done in all, what is it, 52 episodes, will be the fact that I'm folding laundry with you right now.
0: Oh, you're going to be folding laundry?
1: What am I going to do? Just sit here like a schmuck as you fold?
0: Oh, I can fold after.
1: (laughs) So yes, typically Ben is the better laundry folder. When I say better, I mean the only laundry folder. I don't have the attention span for it. It makes me want to rip my face off. So today's episode is about the fact that I left my family for two weeks, and what happened? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what happened? So to set it up, I had a an opportunity for a contracting gig at a studio for two weeks um, in Atlanta, and I decided to go for it. <laughs> even though I had never been away from the kids for more than I don't even know Silas probably ever, and then Cassius like a day or two. So this was definitely a big, a big thing. But I thought, even though I knew I would miss them, obviously, I thought that I would be, are you really going to refold in front of the camera, a shirt that I folded?
0: Well, you did it wrong. I had to do it now. Or I did it <laughs>
1: oh my God. <laughs> this podcast episode may be the end of our relationship. Um, So I, I thought, of course, I'm going to miss them and it's going to be really hard. But I also thought, oh my gosh, all this peace and quiet that I've been craving, I'm going to get so much done. Like when I come home from work, I'm going to be able to like work on my new course and blah, 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 blah. Is this okay? Is this been approved folding?
0: You don't have to fold. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh my god. Um anyway, the plot twist is I was walking around like a nervous wreck. Um I had anxiety attacks that made me vomit repeatedly. Um I I was like a squirrel just roaming around the house with my heart beating, not really able to get much done. Um but really what this is more about is your experience and what happened in the household in my absence. <laughs> <laughs> and what uh, what surprised you about it? What was easier than you thought? What was harder than you thought? What did you think before I left?
0: I was terrified. Before you left. The hardest part really was just uh, making sure like just the anxiety of going to sleep every night, waiting. Because Cassius lately is in a race with the sun every morning.
1: hmm
0: And uh, I would sleep with all the blinds open in the room so that... Uh, you
1: slept later?
0: Yes. Yeah, and so the sun would come up like uh, in the window, and then uh, I'd sleep with the door open in the bedroom. And... He does one of two things when he wakes up. He either uh, runs into Silas's room and wakes him up, or he comes down, well, I guess one of three things, or he comes downstairs, starts moving furniture to climb up into the pantry to get food, or runs out of the house. Which is horrifying.
1: Yeah. Um, so the background on this part is that I'm usually the one up... Um, with the kids for a few hours before, before Ben wakes up. Um, usually Ben sleeps like a lead pipe and I wake up.
0: She's the morning person.
1: Early. I'm the morning person because I have to be not because I want to be.
0: Your glass sets your alarm for five o'clock.
1: Yes. I sent my alarm for five o'clock so <clears throat> that I can have some alone time and I still don't get it. Today, I was trying to ensure some peace of mind and have a little bit of zen in my morning. And Cassius woke up two minutes after I woke up. So that was pretty devastating. Yeah. Uh-uh. But the point is, sometimes when you come down, usually, and I look at you like I'm about to lose my mind because I've been up for three and a half hours. And, you know, I just feel a little bit validated. And
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of leads me to the next thing. Is uh well, it was really nice. And my goal, which I was very proud to have achieved, was that nobody in this house even farted unless I said it was time to. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I was militant uh, uh, with their scheduling down to the minute, and uh, and it made everything so much so much easier. Just getting them on, like, a super solid routine. Yeah, that was the greatest, like, stress alleviation. It was just getting them on. Because it got to a point, there was a few nights where Cash would put himself to bed. Silas was putting himself to bed, essentially. And it was, like, it was, uh, it was easier.
1: Well, it's interesting, though, because... It's not like I'm anti schedule and I put up a fight against the schedule. It's just that when, especially with both of our jobs being work from home and like flexible to a degree, sometimes it just goes in different directions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But also, since I've been home, trying to follow in that schedule hasn't worked out swimmingly, as swimmingly as it did for you because.
0: Yeah, that was like, I think that was way easier that I was, for some reason, like, if I didn't appreciate or anticipate, but, uh, there was, oh, there was one morning Cassius was having a meltdown before going to school and, uh, I FaceTimed you. And everything got like 10 times worse. And that's something I've noticed since you've been back is like the, for some reason, like the emotions are just like so elevated that like it does like make it harder like for that implementation of the schedule. I'm not sure what the solution is, but kind of just seems to be the reality of it.
1: What was the, so the most surprising part of solo parenting was how much easier it was on a schedule?
0: Yeah, like some things were, a lot of things were easier, more things were harder. Just more, just by the fact that like, I was literally dripping sweat every single night uh, by the time they were in bed. And uh, it's like just having to like just to count for both of them at the same time, like make sure Silas is in a position where he can't hurt himself. It was easier keeping up with the dishes and stuff. Mostly because I don't really cook like you do. And uh, <laughs> I was able to clean as I was doing whatever. And then uh, it also was it helped a lot. I got really lucky because my work, we're in downtime right now. It would have been, a very different experience if I actually had like a ton of work to do that kind of stuff. And I'm essentially just, felt it's like okay. a stay at home dad.
1: Hmm. So what I'm hearing is I should go away more often. No, <laughs> it's easier if I'm not there. Right.
0: Well, what isn't easier is when like Cassius is crying because he misses mommy and then is telling me that mommy ran away and like stuff like that. Oh my God. Oh yeah. That was brutal. Awesome. It's like making sure, like everyone had a chance to talk to mommy and felt like they had enough communication with her throughout the day it was like a huge part of uh, of our schedule. With the absence of like uh, meltdowns, you know, there like a huge gap in our. I don't know. There's just you know, you feel like something's a big part of your life. No, but I mean overall, uh, I found it. Actually, uh, extremely rewarding and really nice, like just to have that time with me and the kids because we don't get that
1: ever. Yeah, it's really different how different everyone is when one energy is missing. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was nice. Like, we would, you know, and your dad was here for a week, you know, he helped in terms of like I wouldn't have to worry about keeping an eye on, you know, one or the other kid, which was nice. Once he left, though, I was like
1: just exhausting.
0: By the end, before Bianca came back, I was having really the first time in my life uh, severe migraines. Yeah, and that's
1: weird. Yeah, I wonder why. What brought that on? You Never yeah. had that before. That's a that's a me thing. Yeah, I don't
0: know. I'm having issues with your pile organization
1: currently. Okay. Well, what do you want? What's wrong? What? It's all the same crap in the same piles. Pajamas, underwear, stylus. I'm not combining stylus and caches. See, this is why, this is why I he don't help. Laundry. This is why he does the laundry. He has opinions about it. And I just want to rip my face off sitting here and doing a monotonous task.
0: Well, I developed, okay, being a scheduling, I developed a very specific system because when we were living in San Francisco, I would drive to laundromat with yeah. all of our clothes and do it all by myself uh, once a week and I just listen to podcasts and stuff and...
1: I think that's actually a really good thing to point out a couple's pointer is that maybe take another look at the delegation of responsibilities and see if there's something another person would do with less angst <laughs> because Ben actually likes watching like programs or like, you know, podcast videos or whatever. And so him the same task, divided amongst both of us, is a very different experience. For me, I'm like it's like an animal in a cage. I just wanna do something else. And Ben it just kinda of goes into his own and like watches a show. So like even though I'm very, very grateful and I know it sucks and it's not ever fun to do laundry. It's I feel like it's more painful for me than him. And then there are other things that you know, like cooking a meal or something like that that would be vice versa, right?
0: Yeah, outside of like growing or smoking something, I don't have a lot of patience cooking. Yeah. So It's like if I what I like about smoking meat and stuff is I can sit and have some beers and be outside and make a day out of it. Yeah. And just
1: relax. Yeah.
0: Oh, so people are like,
1: oh my gosh, she does laundry. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, I'm a full service dad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said that there were times during the the two weeks where he's like, I could be a stay at home dad. Oh, wait, never mind.
0: Yeah. No, then I, yeah. Cashes would come home in 30 minutes later, I'm like, yeah, no freaking way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know. I think ultimately, I in the plot twist, I suffered the most in this experience. Yeah. I really did. <gasps> I thought that it would be the other way around, but.
0: And actually, I did find myself enjoying uh, mornings. I had a, what? What? Well, because it kind of brought me back to uh, the growing up, growing up playing football and stuff. Oh, you, it
1: was nostalgic for you.
0: Well, you're up early and all stuff and whatever with the day. Mm-hmm. Now it was, I did that for a really long time. And then in college, I would like sleep almost never. And then like after college, I was just like, yeah, I'm done with that forever. But then um, I had like depression, and anxiety issues in college. And um, my therapist at the time would explain to me how therapeutic morning light is between 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. And I really like. Since then, I've like always tried to make a point to appreciate it. But when I was doing that every day on the drive, yeah, something about being a part of the world, like actually driving somewhere, I loved commuting when I worked uh, in San Francisco. Everybody hey, hates their when commute. When have
1: you made a point of being outside at seven a.m.?
0: I would never do it on my own, but if I have a reason to be out there, it is I know it can so. be enjoyable. <laughs> it's basically I've, I found a way to enjoy that. Also, is what I'm saying. and uh I don't know it also really made me miss going to like having somewhere to go I hate working from home I hate it. it makes me crazy there's like really really nice things about it that are awesome like hanging out with stylists and like the fact that like we've been able to you know I've got like my treadmill and the bike and stuff downstairs and my little weights but I really always enjoyed like especially like and I had to drive to work in the morning. I enjoyed being part of the world and there was like an energy to it. I just kind of think I realized how much I missed having somewhere to be in the morning. <laughs> so I would tell her dad, I'm like, please. I would watch him like start pacing. And they'd sit outside and I'm like, just take the truck. Go somewhere. And I tell him, like, this place can begin to feel like a prison of responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> it's ended it at all times. always something that nice has to get done. Overall, back to the. Two weeks of dead and around. It was, yeah, like I said, very rewarding, truly exhausting. Just really appreciating single parents. And also, in my head, over and over, too, is the maximum number of
1: children. <laughs> I'm telling you there's a third, but okay. <laughs> Simply not. Simply is. I'm not even arguing with you. I just know there is. I mean, was there any surprises or
0: whatever you thought of my overall performance? Because we all know how. He- you ended
1: up doing? Yeah, I mean, I basically had a nervous breakdown after five days, and you did double the time. But I truly know, like, you know, yeah, my gut response would be to be like, you no, know, why can't I be more patient and calm? But, like, I also very logically and rationally and objectively know how different they are when it's just me as well. So, I refuse to beat myself up over.
0: Oh, like yeah I mean, reaction I don't, I'm not sure exactly why that it's
1: like it's just a mom thing. You hear that all the time that the kids it's like so demanding. I think that's something that I don't know if it gets talked about enough is that when you think about the differences between responsibility and experiences between parents like mothers and fathers, whatever um. I think it's less about needing something to be equal and like a tit for tat type thing. And this is how I do it. This is how you do it. And I think more talk around your specific nervous system needs to be involved in the conversation. I remember when in the newborn phase, we'd each be like, hey, if you feel like you're going to snap, just wake me up no matter what. Even if it's your turn or whatever, wake me up. I think that there's like, even what I'm saying, it's like, I was really impressed by how well and did with for two weeks, that's a long time. But it's also understanding under like what conditions each one of us thrive differently. Well, One, how the boys are with you and how they react to you and you implementing a schedule that like supported what you were doing with them and how they react to that versus... You know me when I'm with them, I'm trying to get them to bed, and having the you know meltdowns that happen uniquely to me when I'm trying to get them to bed, and how that
0: snowballs. And yeah, well, with the meltdowns and stuff, I would look at my watch the minute Silas would start melting down, and because he's so young,
1: it's different. It's like your ability to implement that process or protocol um, varies very much depending on if I was doing it or you're doing it. Plus the fact that I feel like your nervous system's more stable than mine. I think by the, even just hearing you talk about it, I want it to like run out of the house. Like when I have both of them competing for my attention at once and then the dog starts barking, like I feel like I could implode. Yeah. Like I, I automatically start feeling like there's like rabid monkeys inside of my chest. That's what it feels like.
0: Dog was like, a friggin' shadow. I was just tripping over him at all times. He, like, had to be... If he wasn't, like, next to me at all times, he'd start playing. I don't
1: know.
0: I'm exhausted just talking
1: about this conversation. <laughs> I don't know. It's exhausted me. What? I don't know. <laughs> just exhausted even hypothetically thinking and talking through these situations. <laughs> it's
0: the season of our life.
1: Was there anything that you found appreciation in me when I was gone?
0: Yeah. Your ability <laughs> to appreciate and like enjoy time with them in the mornings. Because for me, like in the morning, it was just like, get him out of here. You know, the second like he was up, like I get Silas in the car and Miles in the car, you know, just in the car, you know, and I'd just like get them out. You know, well, give yeah, give kisses I mean, you and had, stuff,
1: and they're really sweet. You had three, pretty much three hours, almost three hours added to your day every day that you wouldn't normally have. had. Mm-hmm. Like I'm up with them like at six. Yeah.
0: yeah. Also appreciate uh, how early you go to sleep.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Instead of making fun of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were lights out by like ten thirty. <laughs> I was like nine thirty a lot mm-hmm. of nights. Yeah. Yeah, he always makes fun of me for not being able to stay up to watch a movie. And
0: yeah, I always wanted to watch movies and stuff with me. She, like, turns on and she's asleep in, like, five, ten minutes. But when the kids go to bed earlier, you have a little extra more time before conking. So, like, they'd be in bed, but I'd have literally a half hour of real television.
1: Bed. I think that's also something that more moms in general might need to hear that oh yeah they left for two weeks and everyone survived yeah i was worried
0: i <laughs> <laughs> then <Just> trying <laughs> to keep it cool every time you talk to me about it i'm like yeah i be fine i want you to enjoy yourself i really did want you to enjoy yourself oh god so please please the last thing i said to her like please make just an effort like somewhere on the priority list of all the things you're going to be doing no, busy, maybe just make an effort to enjoy yourself, have fun, do something cool, and uh, <laughs> smash cuts are bomb putting in a toilet bowl. <laughs> maybe next time,
1: <laughs> yeah. I think that's another testament to like the idea of oh, if I can only have this, then I'll blah blah. Like, oh, if I can only have peace and quiet, then I'll be able to XYZ. Well, I got it. And it was a very different experience. I think that it's important though to like get out of your normal flow and get like actually some distance, physical distance from your everyday life. For perspective and maybe new ideas on things that could get shaken up. Like I still don't feel like we take advantage of the freedom we have in our schedule. Like we just get really like in a cycle of like ping pong, like back and forth, like of responsibilities. And I don't think like instead of going straight to work or watching TV, like going for a walk before the workday starts or whatever, just there are things that were definitely not an option when I had a specific time to be at a specific place. Monday through Friday like a a traditional job that's not even in the question and it made me realize how often I don't do stuff just for the joy of it even though I totally can Mm -hmm. you just you have to make time for it and do it you know like you talk about wanting to like get out but I have to practically drag you Go for a walk.
0: Oh, yeah. I know. Because it's like, you know, the sooner I start my work day, because I have flex hours, the sooner I can be done. And, like, I do need to make more of an effort to prioritize just starting the day a little while, a couple hours later. Yeah,
1: because really, what's the point of being able to be done that early <laughs> if... The day's gone and you can't do anything with it anyway, you know? Yeah! Yeah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah! That's right, Siley. What she said. I think it also highlighted how much we take for granted each other as people.
0: You know, it's so easy to get so overwhelmed day to day. You know, people would ask me, like, you know, how are you doing? How's Bianca? Like, are you okay? The two weeks out of I'm like yeah, I'm like she misses the kids. She misses me. And it really is important to take the time to miss your family. And I said that to a friend of mine's mom. Come to that, she agreed and wished she had come to that realization sooner. And that's also something that my mom had expressed to me as well. Because you do, you get so caught up, and you know day-to-day life and especially like working from home and all that stuff like you don't have any separation
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and it's like all consuming
1: now you get on autopilot mode yeah Yeah.
0: it's like this last year I've had you know a couple trips uh, with some buddies for like you know bachelor party stuff and uh, just being able to get away and, like, really, like, really miss hearing your kids' voices and stuff. And, like, being able to FaceTime them and not being able to, like, you can't wait to see them. It's like, it's, as hard as it is, it's really refreshing. Yeah. You know, because they're always, like, in your face, or jumping on you or climbing on you and, like, all stuff. And you're just like, please get away from me. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: Oh no. Oh no. He's so mad. He should look at him. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Okay,
0: laundry's done. Thank you for your help. Mm-hmm. You're giving Speaking <laughs> of refreshing. Ha ha ha. Oh no. Oh no. Here comes the beast.
1: Yeah. I will say, I'm like, I was so impressed and grateful for how graceful he handled the whole thing. But then that first night I came back, he had gone out to a, a game and I was like, okay, here I go following his schedule that works so swimmingly for him. And immediately <laughs> I was like, "Cash <laughs> is in there. Cash stay in there. And this one's screaming downstairs. The dog's barking to go out. I'm like, ah. Uh, right. It's just different worlds. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, I think the moral of the story is to take some time to miss your family. <laughs> Step out of your life so you can see it more clearly. I think that's the thing, oh, too, no. is that it's not just the idea of giving yourself a chance to miss them. But I think more importantly, it's being able to take the space so that you can see your life more clearly. Yeah, I, agree. I think this episode is over. He's walking upstairs with the laundry baskets. It's kind of hilarious because we finally have a laundry room that's on the same floor as the bedroom's. Um, yet we bring the laundry downstairs so that he can watch TV as he folds the laundry and then they'll have to bring it back up again.
0: In conclusion, we love and miss you very, very
1: much. Really? That sound like all oh, that. We <laughs> <laughs> did. Very much. It was sad. It was definitely sad when a four-year-old saying mommy's gone, mommy ran away. That's for sure. Yeah. So I think it was hardest on me, then Cash, then you, then Siley. Siley doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's it. Anything, anything else? I felt like this was a very uneventful chat.
0: You think? Yeah. I wasn't riveting.
1: I mean... I think that it's encouraging and empowering to hear that it can be done, you know, with whatever the circumstances. I just think it's important to highlight how different everyone's experience is of the same exact thing. I, I think about that all the time. Like for instance, when I talk about I think about Chipotle and I always think about how when we both think of Chipotle, we both think of such different experiences. You get the hottest sauce, I don't you mix it around like sludge. In like a stew, I keep it separate. (laughs) It's like the same thing, but when we both think about what is that experience going to be like, we have very different ideas. I think about that in San Francisco a lot because um, so many people,
0: only so many landmarks and things, and you end up having this like very specific personal relationship with like a landmark, with a landmark or like a place in the city, and like everyone has like all these different moments and, like, things that happen or don't happen there. And it's, like, like, the Palace of Fine Arts, like, walking the dog through there. Like, yeah. The amount of time I spent there, I really had every, like, emotion, divot, in. The, I, had mm-hmm. the whole, I had it memorized. Yeah. You know, at every, I could walk that whole park, like, with my eyes, like, totally black.
1: Yeah. Dark. Yeah.
0: But I just, like, every dip in the grass I knew. And it's, like, very personal, but also like, very different in public. I get it. There's so many people that we're just hanging out there all the time.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 Silas has been watching Beauty and the Beast on mute. Okay, that's all she wrote. Thanks for joining us, folding laundry, <laughs> rehashing my traumatic two weeks, then liberating Exhausting two weeks? Ah,
0: I, really <laughs> I was not proud of myself. i was proud of the kids. They did a great job. I
1: Oh, God. So cliche. <laughs> I feel they did great. I'm just very proud. I love you. I love you. Next time, I probably won't do two weeks. Probably only one week. Two yes. weeks. Two weeks is a lot. Oh, yeah. If you enjoyed this episode and want to get in on actual conversations with me, join the Help Me See podcast private Facebook group. Every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time, I'll be hopping on live for Q&A on the latest episode and for free consulting if you need a bit of help thinking about ways to save your memories. Did you get something out of this episode? I really, really, really hope you did. And I would love to hear from you. I'm on a mission to empower you to feel peace knowing that you are not missing your life. One of the best ways that you can support me is leaving a review. And honestly, I'd rather hear about the memory you saved because of this podcast rather than any kind of accolade. Tell me how this podcast has impacted you. And one, I'll probably cry. (laughs) And two, I'd love to give you a shout out on the show. Take a minute and head out to the link in the bio to write a review now on the podcast.